Today is Friday, November 5th. The title for our devotional is Trusting God. As we've been exploring this week, wealth is not an evil thing in and of itself, but it can easily become an idol when we make it an ultimate thing. So we've been just discussing the primary motives of our heart. Are we pursuing wealth too much? Have we made it an idol in our lives? Returning to the softer versions of prosperity teaching that have crept into the church, we must be careful what we teach new Christians and our children about God. We must be careful not to inaccurately present God as a God who gives us everything we want and exists to meet our needs. We must be careful to not inadvertently present God as Christian Smith now famously described the faith of young people as moralistic, therapeutic deism. That is, God's only concerned with you doing right or wrong, like a policeman in the sky, it's the moralistic idea, therapeutic, he only exists to make your life better, and deism, that he's not really all that involved, he's kind of aloof and distant and doesn't really care what's going on here too much. This type of, uh, these ideas creep into how we talk with our kids and how we teach and how we think about God very subtly, especially uh, with how we pray with our kids and what we choose to talk about with them. It happens when we try to just present the easy-to-believe aspects of God to non-believers in the hopes that they will accept Him. So take inventory of how you're presenting God to those whose faith is like soft clay and needs to be formed. Be sure that it is formed according to the true mold of God, who He really is and what He really truly promises. If you don't, it will later need to be deconstructed, and that process can be painful for the ones you love. On this, A.J. Swoboda writes, We must embrace covenantal love with God. Part of trusting in God is learning to be disappointed by Him. That is precisely how we learn to trust in God through the worst of life. We learn to discern the difference between trusting in God and trusting in false beliefs about God that God never promised. That is what leads to so much deconstruction. He goes on, In fact, we would do well to make accurate promises about God to the young. Following God will be entirely painful and disruptive. God will not give you everything you want. God will hurt your feelings. God's greatest goal in your life is not your best life now. God's dream for your life is not simply a good dental plan and a happy family. He later writes, Can I invite you to trust in God? And at that same time, be cautious about equating what that trust is going to get you in this life. I trust God even more than I do my wife knowing that God has my ultimate good in mind. God cares for me. God loves me. God will put me through whatever it takes for me to become the child of God he desires me to be. At the same time, I have learned that I cannot trust God to always give me what I want. I have learned that I cannot trust God to always put me through what is most comfortable and beneficial to my emotional state. I have learned that God is not to be trusted to protect me from the pain of sin or the pain of evil in our world. I trust God, but I don't always trust God for stuff. There's a significant difference between trusting in someone and trusting someone for something. <clears throat> Later, he summarizes it well. Too often, we don't love God. We love God for stuff. We don't trust God. We trust God for things. Then he asks, do we trust God for nothing? That question he asks is a good point to leave us this week. Do we trust God for nothing? Don't misrepresent this phrase. We can trust God for what God has truly promised, 
never to leave us or forsake us. All things will work out for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. He who began a good work in you will carry it through to the end. He'll return someday, etc. Those are promises of God that we can trust because he made them. And he is faithful to do what he promises. His question is getting at the misconceptions that we have about what God has promised. Can we trust him for who he is and what he has actually promised? He hasn't promised prosperity and perfect health in this life. He hasn't promised comfort and luxury. He hasn't promised so many of the things that we think we are trusting him for. So will you still trust him knowing that he hasn't promised those things? Will you trust that he is good when you walk through pain? Will you trust that he loves you when you face rejection from the others that you love? Will you trust that he is with you when others desert you? Will you trust that he has your best interest in mind when you face financial difficulties? Will you trust him to give you inner peace when the world is in turmoil? Will you trust that fullness of joy is in his presence even when you are in the midst of depression? God is much more concerned with forming you into the image of Christ than he is with giving you everything you want. All those who have raised children know that it is often not by giving you what you want that forms your character the most. So will you still trust him? Not just for the stuff he gives you, but for who he is and what he has truly promised.